0: this Motley Fool podcast is brought to you by Pearl Auto. Pearl Auto makes wireless rear-view cameras for your car that retrofit around your license plate and sync with your smartphone so you can drive more safely. Check it out at pearlauto.com fool and get a free two-day shipping applied at checkout. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, September 30th, and we're finally getting around to our discussion on tech company Twilio, I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined in the studio by Motley Fool Premium Analyst David Kretzman. David, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Dylan. So, we teased this show like three weeks ago. We almost <laughs> did it last week. We are finally doing it. I think we might be more excited than anyone else to, to finally make it happen. This better be a good one. We've had a <laughs> lot of time to prepare. A lot of build-up I think we need to deliver. Um, so Twilio, I think, one of the big IPO names this year I think it's kind of one of those names that a lot of people may have heard of, but probably have no idea what they actually do.
1: Yeah, this has been, I think it's pretty easy to say, the, the hottest tech IPO so far this year. I think they went public in June, mm-hmm. and the stock has definitely been on a terrace. So excited to dig a little bit deeper. But really, taking a high level view of Twilio, this is a company that describes itself as communications as a service. So kind of think of it as a Amazon Web Services, but for Um, developers working with communication stuff with different apps. So, uh, I think we'll talk about some use use cases, but that gives a a very high-level view that we'll dig a little bit deeper into.
0: Yeah, they really like that AWS comparison. They bring it up a couple different times in conference calls and prospectuses. Um, Yeah, They're this cloud communications platform, and they're not offering up this single software application. What they're doing instead is kind of building a platform of building blocks that allow developers to add communication functionality. Into different software applications, which is a roundabout way of saying <laughs> cloud communications. <laughs> right. um, but they are, if it sounds like a kind of uh, in the weeds tech company, it's because it is. Um, they describe themselves as a company founded by developers for developers. And I think that kind of shines through in the solutions that they offer. Um, as we hinted at, since going public in June, the company has been on a tear. Uh, the original offering priced at $15 per share. First day trading sent it up into the mid twenties, and they have not lost steam. I think shares are currently in the high sixties. Yeah, it keeps going up. A lot of interest there, but um, to kind of get a better sense of what they do, and use kind of an illustrative example here, um, we're just going to touch a little bit on how Lyft and Uber does this very similar type thing, uh, integrates Twilio into their services. Yep. Um, So. Lyft has this on-demand service where you are able to hail rides and have them show up at your door and you're ready to go. Of course, in order to do that, they need real-time communication between passengers and drivers. So, they've integrated Twilio's software-powered communications and they have this custom solution, basically allows for real-time SMS, or as we most commonly know it, basically text, um, uh, updates from drivers to passengers to know about where they're going to be. So any. And- Oh, sorry. Go ahead, David.
1: Well, and, and I think the the benefit for for Twilio, it makes it a much more scalable and secure solution for uh, Uber or Lyft because you're not actually, it, you're not actually a passenger contacting the actual number of the driver. It's a basically a virtual phone number that's owned by Twilio in this case. Um, so you're calling that number, but it still connects you to the driver. So it's just uh, kind of a more secure way. That way, if you're a passenger, you're not Giving up your phone number to to someone you don't know, um, and and vice versa with with the driver. So that that, that's part of the appeal with with the platform.
0: Yeah, they use um, the masked phone numbers product that Twilio offers, and basically, you know, like you said, it lets individuals use their phone number without actually sharing their specific contact information. So you don't have to worry about someone kind of harassing you afterwards or chasing you down because you didn't offer them a tip on Lyft or Mm. anything like that. They use the service to send notifications for when drivers accept requests, then when they arrive at locations, if the ride status changes. So I think um, it's kind of funny using this as an an example because a lot of people probably use Twilio without even realizing it.
1: Probably. Twilio has a pretty impressive list of customers. So Just to name a few, we already talked about Uber. WhatsApp, owned by Facebook, is actually their biggest client. We're talking about Home Depot, Netflix, Airbnb, Nordstrom, Intuit, Box, Venmo. Salesforce, you can go on and on. TripAdvisor, Expedia, so they they really are serving customers across the board, not just tech companies. Uh, a company like Home Depot might use Twilio solution to do automated customer service to to customers, things like that. So
0: they are across the board. Yeah, a lot of names you wouldn't expect on that list. And just to kind of give you an idea of some of the different use cases that Twilio offers to its customers, um, two factor authentication is a very popular one. Basically, you have a second form of password or a second way of identifying that you are the person you say you are. Um, most of the time, that happens through a user's phone via uh, SMS or text. Um, ETA alerts, which we talked about with Lyft and Uber, so you know uh, estimates on when a ride will arrive, uh, confirmations or order tracking, that kind of stuff. Uh, masked phone numbers, like we talked about before. I've also seen automated surveys, so you can receive customer feedback. Uh, using either automated voice or SMS surveys, and those integrate with the existing customer relationship databases that some of these retailers use. And so, um, not just a tech company that serves traditional tech companies, they're kind of bridging out and um, becoming an, you know, all-encompassing provider.
1: Right, and, and the appeal for Twilio for uh, developers, let's say it, it they. They let you scale with the platform, and we'll talk more about this. But essentially, you pay as you go. You you don't have to pay like a flat high monthly subscription fee for this. But if you're a developer, you can play around on Twilio for free. You can register, and then it. it in, in a matter of minutes, you can uh, create uh, one of these different products, like two-factor authentication or something with voice or messaging or video. So It's a very easy-to-use, intuitive platform, and I think that's part of the reason you're seeing a lot of big names drifting to, to Twilio, because you don't have to worry about the, the infrastructure for this. Twilio basically gives you the software, gives you the platform. If you're a developer, you have all of these different building blocks that Twilio provides and just helps automate and simplify the whole process. So you spend a lot more time developing
0: and scaling that product really quickly. Yeah. So let's talk about a couple different things that I think people should know about this business. Uh, you look at their revenue and they break down the top line a couple different ways. One of the most important ones, in my view, is by customer type. And so you look at their most recent quarter, um, they break into base and variable revenue. Now, variable revenue is revenue from active customer accounts. So that's people that have spent, I believe it's five dollars in the trailing month. Yep. yep. Um, so revenue from active customer accounts with large customers, so in, uh, customers that make up at least one percent of the company's revenue, that have never entered a twelve-month minimum revenue contract commitment. Um, so the idea is they are they don't have a minimum spend with Twilio. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's variable, and that was eight point one million in Q two. Base, uh, which is everything except that, so pretty much contracted revenue at this point with minimum spends, uh, fifty-six million. So they slant heavily towards base revenue. Uh, about eighty-seven percent is coming from there at this point. And if you look year-over-year growth, eighty-four percent year-over-year growth with base revenue, only twelve percent growth with variable. They're clearly pushing the business that way.
1: Right, and and they look at base revenue as a more reliable indicator of where the business is going. Understandably, you have at least a minimum. Uh, Contract of revenue coming in from those customers. So that is a more reliable, uh, stable indicator of where revenue is going. That's why the company focuses on it. And it is the bulk of their overall sales. So that should be the sales number
0: that investors pay the most attention to. And as of last quarter, the company had nine variable customer accounts, and one of them was WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Um, so all nine uh, total make up about 13% of the revenue contribution. Um, yeah. Looking at how they break out geographically, uh, the U.S. makes up the majority of their revenue at this point, about 55 million. Internationally, only about 10 million. Um, year-over-year growth has been pretty consistent for both of them. Uh, they ones that, uh U.S. is at 69 percent, international is at 75 percent. I think one of the frustrating things with Twilio is that they do not break out revenue by product segment or by use case. Mm-hmm. And that can make it a little bit tougher to see how businesses are incorporating their products. Um, you know, it'd be nice to have the insight of two-factor authentication is used in thirty-five percent of our customers, and um, just kind of get a sense of where their strengths are at the moment and what the market is looking for in terms of um, communication help.
1: Yeah, really. Besides anecdotal. Evidence, you know, of what Home Depot says they're they're using Twilio for, or any any other company, we don't necessarily have that great of an idea of what what are the main um, product Twilio products that their customers are using. So besides anecdotal evidence, and sometimes the, the company will share a little bit more, but it is uh, hard to have very detailed numbers in those areas.
0: The second thing that I think is really important to keep in mind with this company as a number is their dollar base net expansion rate. And what this figure does is compares the revenue from a cohort of active customer accounts, So, uh, other than their variable customer accounts. So, people that were base customers and had uh, contract commitments a year ago to the most recent quarter. And basically, this is a measure of Twilio's ability to get existing customers to continue to spend, um, either through increased product usage, extending uh, maybe into new use cases, and integrating other elements of their a building block platform, or um, you know, branching out and building their own customer base, which is something that you want to see from people that are using your products. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and taking a higher level look at dollar-based net expansion rate, which is they have a lot of complicated terms with Twilio, and that's something I don't necessarily like as an investor. I'd rather the company kind of simplify this for investors, but a lot of, they have a lot of insider jargon still, and I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to simplify that going forward, but since they're you know, right off the tails of a hot IPO, they don't really have to worry about that right now. But I think down the road, they will have to simplify their statements. But I, I look at dollar-based net expansion rate, it's really a measure of how much more or less are existing co- customers or active customer accounts spending compared to last year or quarter. So it is a comps number and, and definitely an important one to watch. And It has been expanding much faster than. Total sales as a whole. So that that gives us an indicator that the existing customers, um, you know, from the past year, are spending more time, more money, uh, using Twilio's products uh, and, and making up a bigger portion of total sales, which we, d- we definitely like to see. Yeah.
0: And listeners, if you're still lost with this idea, I know there's a lot of hyphens in dollar-based net expansion rate. <laughs> um, you can think of this figure as comps, like you talked about, or same-store sales, the way a retailer or a fast casual restaurant would have. Yep. where What you had last year and what you have this year, comparing them to see is the growth coming from your existing base of restaurants, or your existing base of customers, or is it coming from you growing new customers? You right. kind of want to see both, right?
1: Yeah, you certainly want to see both, but it's a great sign that you have a product that people like-need if if your existing customers are spending more every quarter, every year. and So far, for Twilio, it's been very impressive what, what this number has been.
0: Yeah. Uh, Q2 2016, it clocked in at 164% which is pretty amazing. And that's actually an acceleration
1: from the same quarter last year, so that number is accelerating, which is already a very impressive growth. But to
0: see it accelerating, um, we, we'd love to see that even more. Yeah. Uh, the third metric that I think is important to keep an eye on is active customer accounts. Um, active customer accounts, as Twilio defines it, is an individual account that has generated at least $5 of revenue in the past month of any period. And As of Q2, the company's active customer accounts were just over 30000 up from 21,000 a year earlier. So you're seeing nice steady growth there. Um, if you're looking at some of the key growth metrics for this business, um they are growing customer accounts, and they're also gaining more value from the customer accounts that they had a year ago. Two things that you really like to see.
1: Right. And, and the active customer accounts number, it's almost tripled since 2013 when they had about 11,000 active customer accounts. And now, like you said, it's over 30,000. So, yeah, you'd love to see that number growing, and then the money that those customers are spending growing. And, and so far, Twilio has both of those tailwinds behind its back. And that's part of the reason the company is putting up some impressive growth numbers right now.
0: Yeah, Wall Street has certainly been impressed so far. Uh, pushed the business into a pretty gaudy valuation. Yeah. We're going to touch on that on the second half of the show. Uh, but before we do, I just want to thank Pearl Auto for supporting this episode of Industry Focus. Pearl Auto makes wireless rear view cameras that fit around your license plate and sync with your smartphone to keep you safe on the roads. It's pretty quick and easy to install. You just add the camera frame around your license plate using a simple screwdriver, plug in a car adapter to your onboard diagnostic port, mount your phone into the dashboard or vent and then download the Pearl app, which is iOS and Android compatible, then you're ready to go. It's a system that helps keep you safe behind the wheel. The camera frame has two HD cameras which give audio and visual alerts to warn you of obstacles in your way. It also allows you to switch between normal and wide angle views and can even help you see around corners in day or night. It's also very versatile. The camera frame can retrofit to any car with its rear view camera. It has a solar powered panel so it stays charged on its own. Also uses Bluetooth wireless technology, and the Pearl app will automatically update to add additional features. Soon, rear view cameras will be mandatory on all new cars. Pearl Auto helps you immediately retrofit any car to help you drive safely without having to buy a brand new vehicle. I got to try out Pearl Auto's gear with the Fool Mobile out in our parking lot, and I will say I'm a city dweller that does not own a car at the moment, but uh, you know, so I'm not particularly used to being behind the wheel. I will say Pearl Auto's platform does make it a breeze. Um, I was pretty easy to back up. I got a nice little beep notification when I was getting close to a bush. So, um, accident avoided there. Uh, Pearl Auto has a special offer for Motley Fool listeners. If you go to PearlAuto.com/slash Fool, you can get a free two day shipping applied at checkout. Thanks again to Pearl Auto for supporting our show. So, David, we're back for the second half. I think uh, we want to talk about valuation. We're going to talk about a couple things we like about the business, maybe some challenges here and there. Um, We hit on this in the first half, but I always love to see companies that grow with their customers' growth. Um, You know, businesses that have this symbiotic relationship with their customers, I think they generally tend to do well. Um, Management kind of has a framework for how they refer to the growth vectors that are available to them, and you see they all kind of scale with their customers. Um, So the first one is developer integrating Twilio products into early stage platforms and rolling it out to this small customer base and that makes sense. It's like we talked about you kind of test out this platform, you get to play around in a little bit and see what works, maybe build it into a very like, very early stage version of your app. You don't have to be a big dog to use Twilio. I think that's part of the appeal. Yeah. yeah. And then the second one, maybe as you start to uh, want to build out your app a little bit, build out some of the functionality uh, and some of the communicative abilities there, um, adding use cases, expanding functionality, maybe you started out using masked phone numbers, and now you're looking to use two-factor authentication on your platform as well. Mm -hmm. So you have growth coming not only from um, the growth of the business, but from the growth within the portfolio of products that they're using. Um, and then, lastly, as the as the developers platform builds a customer base, they obviously have more end users to communicate with, which helps build usage as well. So that's kind of a nice three tiered way to think about some of the growth avenues that are available to them within people just using the platform. Definitely, yeah. Um, looking forward for twenty sixteen, the company has guided for full year revenue of two hundred fifty three to two hundred fifty seven million dollars, that amounts to about a fifty one to fifty three percent year over year growth from twenty fifteen. Um, the prior year, 2014 to 2015, they posted 78% growth. So this is obviously a very high growth business. I think that there are a lot of expectations built into this company right now.
1: To say the least, and to give a little context, uh, I think it's important to look at what's the estimated market size or market potential for Twilio. So, how how big of a portion are they grabbing out of their current uh, competitive uh, market? And what one estimate I saw from an analyst at William Blair estimated the market size at about eleven billion dollars. So over the last twelve months, Twilio has generated about two hundred and twenty million dollars in revenue. So Twilio has roughly two percent of its estimated market size. Obviously, you know there can be some give or take with those numbers, but that gives you an indicator that Twilio does have a big opportunity ahead of it, uh, and whether or not the company can capitalize on it, that's what we need to, to figure out, whether or not that's likely. But, like you said, expectations are very high, so the price-to-sales ratio is the valuation metric we kind of have to use No, no earnings Twilio, to post
0: at this point, just right? Just by
1: default, <laughs> so the the company is not cash flow positive, is not generating earnings. This is a company that's still very much... In a growth mode, so they're plowing a lot into uh, sales and marketing, a lot into research and development. So there's not a whole lot of cash flowing down to the bottom line. But the the price to sales ratio, uh, like a lot of tech companies, early earlier stage tech companies, that's kind of the the fallback metric that we have to use as investors. So the price to sales ratio for Twilio is a little over twenty six right now. And to give you some context, LinkedIn, which was uh, just bought out by Microsoft. Was bought out at a price-to-sales multiple of 7.4. Facebook is trading at a loftier 16.7. Shopify, which is another tech name that's been floating around the fool lately, uh, at a price-to-sales ratio of about 12 right now. So, no matter which way you slice it, Twilio obviously has higher expectations. It's tr- trading uh, at a multiple well above a lot of it, a lot of uh, other tech companies um, in a related uh, market or space. Um, the market cap right now for the company is 6.2 billion dollars. So one way one way to look at this, to get a better idea of what expectations are priced into the stock today, uh, is just to forecast out. Okay, what will the how many sales how much revenue will the company have in five years? Let's say if they can grow revenue it
0: on an annualized basis at 35% a year for the next 5 years. And that's really not too much lower than where they went from 2015 down to 2016. You know, you can see there's going to be some deceleration with that growth. Right. So if they can do that and maintaining
1: that level of growth for 5 years is not easy. Very few companies can do that, but there sometimes you do have an exception. You have, you know, your amazon.com, you have your alphabet or google, your facebook. So you don't necessarily want to count a company out just because there are high expectations. Uh, and, and our, you know, David Garner, one of the best stock pickers, if not the best stock picker at the Fool, he loves finding companies that have kind of those premium expectations because he thinks, you know, sometimes premium businesses they deserve the premium, and we shouldn't let that be the only factor that scares us away from them. But in the case of Twilio, so let's assume they grow sales uh, on an annualized basis for thirty-five percent over the next five years. That's a tall order. That'll bring them to about. One billion dollars in revenue by 2021, and then you have to figure out, okay, what would be a realistic price to sales ratio for those sales? Because again, we don't have any earnings or cash flow today, so guessing what earnings or cash flow could be in five years it's a little tricky. So just doing back of the envelope math here, if you put a price to sales ratio of eight, um, then the market cap in five years would be about eight billion dollars, and again, the market cap today is six point two billion dollars, so. You know, you you might want to adjust your estimates one way or another. Maybe the company grows faster or slower. Maybe the price of sales multiple, maybe it deserves a higher multiple. If the company is able to grow that fast for five years, it probably would trade at a higher multiple. So what I'll usually do is just run different scenarios. So I'll run kind of a a bearish conservative scenario, a middle of the road, somewhat realistic scenario, and then a really optimistic scenario where the company is just blazing growth and then still has a high multiple in, in five years. But in this case, there's a lot priced into the stock today, so I think you know there there might be a little bit of hype with, with Twilio right now. I think, given what I see is a relatively limited upside over the next five years, I don't know if it's worth the risk of, of putting a lot of capital up front today. But then again, you don't want valuation to be the only reason you you stay away from the company. So if if you're looking at Twilio and you love the business, I, I like that it's a founder led uh, uh, a founder led company. The the CEO. Uh, came from Amazon Web Services. They have some impressive uh, management and leadership at the company. They obviously have a a pretty attractive model. They're getting a lot of big-name customers using their product. So, there is something here. So If you're looking at Twilio, and you like the company, and you're a little fuzzy on the valuation, maybe just start with a small position. You don't need to go all in with the stock right now. You could buy a little bit. And if it goes up, you'll be glad you had some. If it goes down, you'll be glad you only put a little bit in it. Maybe you can evaluate if you want to add more or not. So that's kind of the way I look at it. But given given the expectations for the company today, a price to sales ratio of 26 is pretty high for some context. In a recent rule breaker investing podcast episode, David Gardner said kind of his sweet spot for price-to-sales ratio when he's looking at these kind of tech companies, faster growth companies. He looks for a price-to-sales ratio between the ranges of three and ten. So Twilio is quite a ways Ooh, above yeah, that, a lot higher. So I, I don't know. I I have a hard time wrapping my head around the valuation. The stock, as we've noted, has done incredibly well in a few months since the IPO. So
0: it it'll be interesting to see. If you're looking for a couple of other reasons to think about, maybe double think about this. Um, some challenges facing them, and just some issues that the business might present. At this point, I think their top 10 customers make up about 31% of revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd like to see that diversified out a little bit. Um, I've also seen analysts make the point that they're already working with Uber, Lyft, WhatsApp. They have integration with Facebook Messenger, I believe. Um, They're with Zendesk. They're with a lot of very big names already. Um, Are they going to be able to continue to sustain the growth that they've seen with either incubating some of these low-level customers and bringing them up and seeing them uh, become increasingly more valuable to them as a business? Or are there going to be new people out there that come in and are these stalwarts that are interested? Um,
1: international growth is another one. Internationally making up you know, 16% of total sales today, management has highlighted international expansion as, as a growth opportunity. One, one thing that is attractive about Twilio is, is there's no clear Pepsi to their Coke. Uh, that You do have a competitor. Nexmo, which was just acquired in May by Vonage. Um, but Nexmo is still quite a deal uh, smaller. They don't have nearly the the number of customers that Twilio has. So, that that is attractive when you're pretty clearly the top dog in your niche, in your space. But then the question is, like you mentioned, is that niche going to remain a niche, or how much bigger can that be? And it's still kind of un- unknown at this point, but uh, given that they have those big names on board, yeah, it is a worthwhile question. Do we think those big accounts will get bigger, or can you find other accounts to supplement
0: that growth, which clearly the company needs to do to live up to the expectations today. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot to really like with the core business and what they offer their customers. Uh, Tough valuation to wrap your head around, and some challenges for the company to meet in the coming quarters and coming years.
1: Yeah, can can they meet those expectations? Can they grow to the level that they need to grow to reward investors? That's that's the big question, and I'm definitely I'm staying on the sidelines for now, but I'm definitely watching
0: with, with a lot of intrigue. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. And we'll certainly be watching it. Well, thanks for your time, David. Thanks for having me, Dylan. Well, listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or just want to reach out and say, hey, you can shoot us an email at industryfocus at fool.com or you can always tweet us at MF Industry Focus. If you're looking for more of our stuff, you can subscribe on iTunes or check out the Fool's family of shows at fool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. For David Kretzmann, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening and Fool on.